Yes, welcome Looney listeners, this is Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast, and we have another Isla Ra sessions for you. So, um, we are of course at Grant Mansion, we're in a, a different room now, a different uh, wing to where we previously um, conduct these interviews, and we're in the the games room here, so I can hear um, you know billiards or pool tables clinking away. Uh, the boys are boys are having fun, kicking back, relaxing, and uh, with us for this awesome Ilara event, we have uh, of course High Priest Konishu. Konishu, how Hello. are you? Yes, Con- I am doing well. Yep. How do you like um, Mark Spector's, you know, games room? It's pretty good. Oh, look, it's not bad. Probably hasn't been updated since the '80s, but it's got a, it's got a nice retro feel. Yeah, it's yeah. Got a musky feel. It's got the huge, um, what do you call it? Huge deer head, um, stag head, just uh, up there on the wall. Bit of a hunter, I guess. And uh, and with us, of course, as you would know from our newsletter. The Isla Ra, our guest today, is none other than... The power of... Chad. Chad, how are you? Pretty good. Good morning, gents. Good morning. Top morning. of the morning to you, Chad. Uh, very exciting to have you with us. Of course, uh, we haven't done an Isla Ra for Chad, and, and Chad's been a, uh, a mainstay with uh, ITK for a while now, hasn't he, Connor? Mate. The power of Chad. Has it been one of the first, I don't know, almost since the start, probably one of our first guests. You I know, think, I think featured so. Featured a number of episodes. Yeah. I think it was about episode 40-ish, 45, maybe. Oh, that's like you. That's look decades ago. Look, look at this memory man. He's <laughs> got it down. We've got a memory man. We have a gremlin with us. And, uh, you know, we've got someone else. So, <laughs> uh, Anyway, so as loonies, uh, as you are well aware, if not, if this is your first time, uh, we are facing a, I believe it's a... Oh my god, I think it is a waning gibbous, so we have been asked to do an Isla Ra, and so we have our guest Chad with us, um, a loony, and what we usually do is try to get, uh, you know, uh, fellow loonies in to learn more about them, just, you know, kind of break the ice a bit, but also get to know what their top four comics are, if they were stranded forever on the Isla Ra. So what four single issues would you take with you? Uh, we'll go through that. But first, of course, we will uh, we'll just get to know Chad. And um, we usually ask our guests the same thing. So the power of Chad. I'd like to open up with our usual. Um, how did you first get into comics? Well, it kind of started when I was a real little kid. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it started with me just kind of going through saying, you know, Batman's so cool. Really (laughs) into Batman. Well, one day my uncle, uh, my uncle Mike, he went ahead and dropped off a comic book for me. And it was Aliens versus Batman. Wow. And uh, yeah, that just kind of set me on both those fandoms (laughs) 
Oh, so yeah, you really it's... like um, you really like uh, the Aliens franchise as well, yeah? Oh yeah, like the HR Geiger artwork is amazing. Yes. Oh yeah. And like he's done work for Danzig, he's done work for all sorts of other metal bands, oh, and okay. it's all just top of the line. I love the acrylics. Yeah. So is, have you read that again recently? Doesn't Aliens vs. Batman hold up pretty well to this day still? Mm. Like it's it does. A good one to start it on. really does. Okay. Do you remember who wrote it? Or I mean, it's a bit of a. I don't recall. I could conjure that up in just a few seconds. Use your mystic abilities, Chad, of conjuring up information. Um, don't mind the ticking keyboards. <laughs> Chad, Chad is actually he's literally conjuring it up um, in a puff of brimstone uh, as as Chad does the, does that. Uh, you mentioned so there's an appreciation obviously with with the art HR Giga or Giga I'm not sure how he's pronounced. Um, you mentioned Danzig and stuff. You're uh, pretty um, into uh, what what genre of music is that? Danzig is that metal? Well. The thing is, like, he kind of traverses a lot of genres. Uh-huh. Um, you could say that he started the doom metal genre. Okay. He does blues. He's done entire albums of just classical music. Oh, really? Wow. Really. Uh, he okay. does uh, Black Aria 1 and 2, and those are classical. Oh, wow. Is it on Spotify, by any chance? Um, I don't know if those are his... Okay properties get like taken down all the time then put mm. back up just depends on what month it is yeah <laughs> oh, i just thinking maybe i can have a dabble in that um Konishu, do you listen to dan Zieg or anything like that i've always meant to but no i haven't oh okay i'm sorry i oh, actually i don't know what are your musical tastes Konishu? uh look I don't know either. We'll just listen to anything <laughs> that comes along. I do like my, uh, I like, I like my uh, darker metals. I like my folk. Mm-hmm. I like my uh, weird indie shit. Some yeah, nice, nice uh, excellent. No, cool. music. I don't know. You like nice. Jeff Rosenstock? Haven't heard of him. No, so, I can't say okay. Is he good? I mean, obviously, it'd be good if you recommend him. Uh, he's pretty talented, Maybe. but he's a yeah. weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> right up our alley, eh? <laughs> um, they're cool. Well, look, um, Chad. Also, just going back further a steps to you know how you got into comics. So we're looking at um, looking at aliens, and we're looking at Batman now. Kind of yeah. like tendrils, you know, kind of reaching out or, or roots going in through the ground. How, what sprung from that? So, did you look at Batman? Did you then expand your DC universe, or with Aliens? Did you start looking at like you know Predator? How how did it how did it flourish your your um, interest in in I guess the greater comic universe? Well, definitely with Batman, it got me more into like the powerless vigilantes, the ones mm-hmm. that you know. They don't have these perks or abilities that are ingrained onto them. They're just kind of like, they work with what they got. Mm-hmm. And they're very rough and tumble. You know, like Mooney, like Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne's alter ego. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, just Midnighter and all that jazz. These guys oh, got oh. nothing, but yeah. they do it. Yeah. 
that's uh, which uh, for me as well uh, it just makes them so so much more appealing. Not that I've got anything against you know cosmic and stuff, uh, but the vulnerability I think that goes with it is is a real big um, attracting feature. Uh, Connor, you have a vast range of um, of likes. I mean, I guess we all do. Um, hmm. uh, would you say you're more of a street level person as well? Or? Yeah, I'm a big street level fan. That's mm. how I got back into comics. Yeah. Um, Chad, do you I like the question Daredevil? Yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, Chad, do you, are you into Daredevil as well? Oh yeah, Daredevil's yeah. amazing work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely as well. And do you, uh, you know? Having said that as well, I, do you still um, touch base with the likes of Captain Marvel, Silver Surfer, Guardians? I mean, how, how are you with cosmic level stuff or, or big powered, <clears throat> pardon me, um, hero stuff? Usually only touch base with the cosmic or like hard, like upper tier characters, mm-hmm. um, like in crossovers and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, I don't like talking about like god level characters because just like mm. my dad could beat up your dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, it's true that's true um yeah right um yeah connor uh anything to add there no no i think uh i don't know i don't know i've been a big fan of the cosmic stuff what can i say but you know yeah chad taking it away yeah, I mean, I guess... Because I guess also as well, Chad, and before we go any further, um, just want the loonies to know as well. So in the newsletter that would have come out just prior to this episode, uh, there would be four links, encrypted links to Chad's uh, four favourite books. Now, we won't reveal them yet. We'll just go through through them as they're kind of revealed. But if you want to prep yourself, um, you can just click those links and you can find out what issues they are for Chad. Um, otherwise, if you if you want to be surprised, um, just don't don't hit those links, and we'll get to them. Um, but having said that, as a disclaimer, I wanted to just mention Chad to you about um, about Spawn because Spawn is one of your uh, one of your picks that we'll look into uh, later on. Uh, Spawn's quite quite hugely powered, right? So what what attracted him to his character to you then? Well, he started off as just a regular guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, he became something by his own, like, means. He became a hardened assassin. And, you know, he turned into the Hellspawn after he died. And, you know, there's tons of implications on who was at fault for that one. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like... He worked with what he was given, and he got the best of it as much as he could. <laughs> but... yeah. I know eventually, throughout the storyline, he gets to be extremely powerful, like, taking out yeah. vast celestial bodies, just kind of on a whim. Mm-hmm. But that's... Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's a journey to get there. Yeah. Well, I'm only very familiar with him. Uh, I, I collected it when it first came out in the 90s, and... Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if it's still the case... But apparently his power was limitless, right? And the, the whole premise of it was that he had like a like a um, time stamp, apparently. Um, like every, every time he used his power, he would actually lose a bit of... Like he'd edge closer towards, I guess, returning back to hell. Yep. Is that, is that still the case? Like, 
Um, or have they had they whacked around with his um, with his power set since then? They've pretty much gone and done away with that. It's uh, uh-huh. it was kind of like a way to hook him back into hell. Whenever yes. it's like, oh hey, you're out of time. No gas in the yeah. tank. Yes. And yeah. So what happens? That that surely would have happened, right? Uh, it happened a few times. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. But of course, it's yeah. like, that's just another story device. Mm, yeah, okay. Because that was a bit, they always had the little, I remember the, the numerical values of it peppered throughout the issues of the first few issues. And every time it, it's really fun because he's, you know, he's got that, um, he's got the bright green, I guess, as magic or, or whatever it is. Um, Necroplasm. Uh, necroplasm yeah really really cool and he had the chains and the, and the cape uh really fun stuff anyway we will get all t- to that uh later on um chad well, the power of chad 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 <laughs> has um some really good picks and can't wait to get into them um Konishu, are you um i know you you you're playing the game um playing some pool over there um, do you want, uh, do you guys want a drink or anything? Oh, you know, I think, uh, whenever we've got, uh... The power of Here, I've got to have a nice cold coffee. Mm. Awesome as well. Yeah, it's always fun to have... The power of Here, and, uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't, wouldn't mind having a drink as well. Chad, yourself? Um, I think I'll just go with uh, cold coffee. <laughs> cold coffee again. Oh, the the usual. Let me hang on. Let me just uh, ring the... There we go. We'll just wait for, for Samuels. Uh... Oh, it's uh, it's Netta. Hi, Netta. Samuels is, is uh, fed up, is he? Fed up with us. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, um, we're just wondering if we can have some drinks. Chad's usual. Just um, ice cold, cold old coffee cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Connor you're, you're having a coffee as well are you Is that, uh, oh yeah nice cold coffee nice cold coffee um, strong and black like like Connor's heart and uh, and okay. <laughs> and I'll have a uh, I'll have a glass of milk <laughs> thank you Netta excellent cool well you know this whole vibe here we've got pinballs here there are you know pool tables it's, it's all happening here we're gonna have our um, a nice cool drink but um, I wanted also just to turn now, Chad, to our second question. Mm-hmm. And, of course, us being ITK, uh, how did you get into Moon Knight, our Fist of Conchu? Well, I mean, I uh, stayed in the past. I forgot which episode, but it was, uh, you know, Ultimate Alliance. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yep. yeah. my friend presented this character clad all in white and uh, the indicting voiceover came in just you know, announcing that it was the moon knight and uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was impressive and then looking mm. at the skill sets it was you know, alluring and then eventually it just kind of dropped off and you know you beat the game so many times right mm. well and it didn't start coming back until probably the beginning of the Bemis run. I caught wind of the fandom, got back into it. Here I am. Yeah. Of the Bemis run? Yeah. 
Really? Goddamn. It was pretty, like, not that long ago. I just kind of jumped in and, well, went feed first. Uh, You've obviously read since, uh, have you, the the Lemire run and all that and all the other prior? Oh, yeah. I've caught up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cool. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. How was the Bemis run for getting back in a moon night? Um, yeah. Really perplexing. I didn't know what the hell this game <laughs> I mean, you could arguably say, um, for some, it would have maybe put off some people with me, only because of the complexities that Bemis draws out. Um, did you find it in any way kind of overbearing um, at all? Uh, I wouldn't say so. It was just... No? It was a weird foot to start into. You know, mm. it's like... I don't know, trying to shoot pool left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. No, that, I mean, that's good. I mean, it's great. It's uh, really, really interesting to hear. Um, yeah, and obviously you would have played into your wheelhouse of, as you mentioned before, of street level, um, being vulnerable, obviously the added dynamic of, of having these different personalities. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's ama- it amazes me how many people yeah get into Moon Knight via uh, Ultimate Alliance or video or just gaming. Uh, he seems to be very um, a very successful like avatar in the in the gaming industry. I mean, would you have you played many other Moon Knight iterations other than Ultimate Alliance, Chad? Well, I mean, there's the uh, you know version of Moon Knight that they have in Future Fight, and mm-hmm. I while I was playing contest of champions i got him but you know it's like there were limited resources and i just didn't have the yeah. time and yeah contest of champions ex- extremely time dependent you gotta sit down with it for a bunch of time yes. and yeah i just didn't have yeah. that <laughs> i totally understand what you mean like when contest of champions came out i kind of was uh, put under its spell, and yeah, usually <laughs> end up spending hours. Now that was the game that Eve thought that I was addicted to, g- to gaming because <laughs> I'd just be on the balcony or something, just with my, my tablet, just playing hours on end. But yeah, you're right; it's so time consuming, which is uh, which is a shame. It is a fun game, um, but yeah, because uh, yeah, Connor, if you remember, we did the uh, video games review, and um, we asked Rick Ball. Uh, and yourself as well, um, if you played uh, much of the the Moon Knight games that, um, or the Moon Knight appearances that he, he had. Um, one of them was, uh, Chad, the Spider-Man games. I'm not sure. Had you played any of them and, and come across Moon Knight? No, I haven't really played the Spider-Man games. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, oh, we'll get to that um, a bit later on with the gaming. Uh, any, any other questions there, Konishu, to ask Chad yeah, about Moon Yeah, what's your... Uh... Your favorite Moon Knight run? I feel that's a classic. Mm. That's that's tough. It's like there's different <laughs> iterations that have like a better version or a you know facet to Moon Knight. You can only pick one. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. It is bloody hard because they're so different, aren't they? That's the beauty of it. Like, that's a yeah. A little bit of something for everyone. Um, but, you know, <laughs> no getting away from it. If you could, Chad, what, what would it be? I think it would end up being Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Ooh, Ooh nice, nice pick. 
you would be good mates with another fellow loony, Daryl, I believe. Um, and I'm sure you know him. He's been popping up in the ITK community. Loves his Vengeance of the Moon Knight. So a little shout-out to fellow loony there, Daryl. Hope you're listening. Uh, right, yeah, which is a, a fantastic run. Um, Connor, do you? What, how do you... Um, do you like Vengeance of the Moon Knight as well? Yeah, no, sometimes it can be polarising. Not as polarising mm. as the Bendis run we're covering, obviously. But mm. it's a new direction. Um... No, I'm a big fan. I really like how it... Um, it, it really was a good follow-up to the previous series, I felt. Yeah. And I love the... Um, I love those first six issues, especially. You yeah. got the Sentry, you got the Asylum. That's just that's just quality stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it is. It continues to surprise me whenever I reread it. Um, it, is a, it is a decent run. It's funny, though, also as well, because... Uh, and again, we, you know, we might touch upon this a bit later, but... Um, there are aspects to it that that I think you know veer slightly differently to Moon Knight's mythology. Uh, yet you know it, it's accepted more so than say what what Bendis tries to do in some of his his stuff. Um, so anyway, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I, I don't know if you if you think the same, Chad or, or Connor. Um, did it seem? I mean, as you say, Connor, it was polarizing. Um, how do you do you see it as, as being quite controversial on the Bendis run or on Vengeance no the uh, the Vengeance Vengeance of the Moon Knight run would you would you classify it as a uh, as a controversial run maybe in the terrific amount of violence but I wouldn't say that it really uh, separates the houses of Moon Knight that much mm. but that's my okay. opinion okay yeah, no, no, it's uh, yeah, no. I'm just, just, just interested as well because I don't know. I mean, I, um, I think it's great, and I think anything that um, is handled differently is, is exciting, and it's good for a character uh, rather than just you know, rinse and repeat. Um, but you know, everyone's everyone's different. But uh, yeah, anyway, that was that was interesting. Um, I guess we come to our third question here, and we had a little little chat beforehand, mm-hmm. Chad. And uh, so, what I'd like to ask you is like you've you've touched upon gaming, um, yeah. Uh, one of your one of your big passions, uh, obviously as well. Um, what would your current favorite games be at the moment? Well, I've been really getting into Warframe, like really getting into it, like just sitting down all night, just binging that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know this Connor? Yeah, I'm big fr- uh I don't play as much of Warframe as I'd like cuz okay. nobody wants to play oh. it with me. But I'm a big fan. There's actually a lot of cool Egyptian oh, looking suits yeah. in that as well. Cool. That's I'm sure Chad has already owned and rocking. Yeah. Oh, well, Chad, can you a, a brief uh, description for the loonies out there what Warframe is all about? Warframe is kind of like a sci-fi action-oriented uh, squad-based game that I think it came out about five or six years ago, and okay. it's kind of got this, what's the right term? It's like a low-yield, high-tech feel to it. Like, it's all very analog, but there's just like a uh-huh. feeling of almost magic to the way they implement technology. Okay. And, uh, like... Connor was saying, there's a lot of Egyptian feel to certain facets of the 
like certain factions have like almost hieroglyphics for the way that they do their writing. Um, there's cool. a Warframe, uh, which is essentially like a Iron Man suit that your psyche inhabits for a spell, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Inaros suit, and I've been using that. And okay. he even gave him a throwing crescent and decked them all in white. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, awesome. And and is it a... Um, look, I'm not very too into to gaming, um, so Connor, maybe um, you might have a few questions here. Um, a few more, like, detailed questions. Uh, is it like... Um, is it like Fallout, like uh, those sorts of games where it's massively expansive and uh, and like is that how you is why it takes a long time as well because you've got to track stuff down and, and stuff. Um, it takes a long time because you're switching between the different suits that you've gotten, the different weapons, uh-huh. and trying to get your reputations all ground out. That's a huge one. Just the rep grind. Okay. And then the rest is just grinding materials to get better stuff all the time. Okay, so it's not like, um, what do you call them? How do you term it? Um, The big bosses? It's not like you go, you meet like a a secondary boss and then another boss and then there's a a finality at the end where you have to defeat a huge thing? Um, There is, is, but it's not in the same... Uh, capacity like say World of Warcraft or you know something like okay. that the raid bosses are yeah. a little bit smaller in scale you're not killing gods ah oh. oh okay okay cool and uh, obviously this is a newish game um, is it uh, like so um, these the effects computer effects is quite quite well up there. they're actually doing a bunch of uh, they recently did two patches like back to back and really fixed up a lot. Okay. Like, it's a free-to-play, but yes. it's like you buy into certain parts of the game. Okay. And, uh, would, have, you, have you done uh, that? A couple well? times. Nothing, like, tragic. Yeah. I'm not dropping hundreds, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just just enough to, you know, just something to get what you, what you want that you can't otherwise yeah. get. Is that game still big? Like, are the servers still yeah. pretty populated? Yeah, right. Not bad. I know it's come to the Switch now, which is where I should probably pick it up. Ah. But I imagine you're on PS4, PS4 or PC. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. And um, what other... If you're not playing Warframe, what other games on at the moment, Chad? Well, I've been doing couch co-op with uh, my wife and my best friend, mm-hmm. uh, doing different like character runs for uh, uh, what's it called Diablo 3 oh I've heard of that well I've only heard of it yeah uh, you played it Connor yeah yeah well more Diablo 2 but yeah uh-huh. and uh, again for the the novices <laughs> uh, what what is this game about uh, it's basically just stopping the prime evils from taking over the world you know nothing mm-hmm. big <laughs> <laughs> You kind of you can shrug it off, you know. Um, that sounds like is it? Would it be um, compatible to adapt into a film? Do you think or Warframe would that be adaptable? 
I think you could definitely do a Warframe film. Mm-hmm. Diablo, I don't think so. Like, just yeah. because the characters that you play as are pretty much a blank slate. Like, they have bits of, like, their background thrown in. Yeah. But they don't really have emotional standing. They're just kind of like, oh, we're going to go do this now. Mm. Mm. Okay. Right. And, and if you could fan cast someone from War... I'm really putting these just... um putting you on the spot here, Chad. If you can fan cast any, someone for the Warframe um, protagonist, I'm assuming, um, um, who would that be? Who would you choose? Jake Gyllenhaal? Because <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal goes everywhere. <laughs> exactly, he's the default. Um, yeah, I don't know, anyone uh, Anyone in particular? Uh, would you like to see it on the big screen? I don't know, if you're a fan of the game, is it something that you'd, you'd be likely to go and see if it was out? Yeah, I can't huh? decide on any one person because your primary character is whoever you make of it. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Right. But right. I mean, I'd probably go see a Warframe film. They're not. Nice. I know this Warframe comics. I've never read them. Though. Yeah. Oh. Um. They're actually done by a guy who does the Darkness comics. It's uh, Stefan oh. Sajic. Oh. Oh, cool. oh. Wow. Really? Shit. I'm yeah. gonna actually check those out. Yeah. I love Sajic. Goddamn. And that, that's connected to Mark Silvestri as well, isn't it? Check. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I might have to might have to check this out then as well. Cool. 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 Just well, circles. Um, also, circles. Just yeah. Exactly. <laughs> How cool is that? Um, sorry, um, Konishu. Yeah, I imagine we're probably moving on the next part. I just want to ask one more question. Yeah, of course. Just going to say, I know Chad. You're reading. You got to be reading some pretty current comics at the moment. What do you recommend for the loonies out there that's currently Ooh, on shelves yeah, before good one. we dive back in the past? Mm-hmm. I think I'd have to go with the new lineup for uh, Umbrella Academy. Oh, okay. Because they have this new, essentially, season coming out because they're no longer working on their past on that timeline. (laughs) Because, you know, the first run came out and then they went back to Dallas. And then now they're actually progressing in their time frame. Is that Hotel Oblivion? Yeah. It's all sorts of fun. You know, it's all the kids after the almost apocalypse and the new mission that they're on. Yeah. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but, you know, some of them are in rehabilitation. Some need rehabilitation. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's got a different feel than the show, but it's still really good. Yeah, nice. Did you watch the whole season already for Umbrella Academy? Oh, yeah. Like, in two yeah. days. Oh, wow. Okay. A little bit of a fan then, I guess. A little. Um, <laughs> nice one. Now, I've only seen... I mean, we've discussed it previously as well with Connor. Um, Connor, you, you've burned through them. I've only seen, I think, episode one. Really enjoying it, though. Um, yeah. Pretty well done. Uh, Ellen Page is pretty cool in it. Although, the first episode, she's not... Uh, she doesn't have that big a role, uh, but there's enough. Uh, there are enough breadcrumbs there to actually um, entice you to to watch further. So yeah, that's pretty good. 
Pretty cool. Oh, uh, hello, Anetta. Thank you. Look, um, we're, we're just about to head off. We were thinking about um, heading off somewhere for Chad's third and fourth book. So uh, would you mind putting them in a, like a keep cup? I'm sure you know sustainability and such a lot better than paper cups so um <laughs> thanks thanks Netta and uh and loonies we um will take a short break um I think I think guys for for Chad's third and fourth um there's no better place to go than than hell itself um are you guys ready for the challenge uh look I'm not sure I've ever wanted to go to hell, but I guess I'm stuck with you guys, so let's go. Uh, Chad, yeah, you got your you got your digital camera ready, just in case we see any see anyone famous. Yeah, I think I'm ready. <laughs> okay, excellent. All right, Lenny's, hang tight. We'll be right back after this short message. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. Oh, it's a bit—it's uh, a bit hot here, actually. It's a bit hotter than I thought. I shouldn't have worn my hoodie Mm-mm. and uh, and my mitts and my beanie. Uh, it's a little a little warm. Uh, how are you guys going over here? Look, I'm sure I'd end up here soon enough. This is a bit premature. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm a big fan of all these spikes and fires, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's a quiet taste. You could probably get used to it. Yeah, I thought I saw a. Um, a picture of you, Connor, as we came in, like on the on the entry in the foyer. So I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think ah, on the, uh... Employee of the month. <laughs> employee of the month. Oh, that's even worse. I'm the one who puts all the gremlins <laughs> in our Skype. Ah, I'm that guy. Yeah. That's what they okay. hire me to do. <laughs> and uh, and quite unerring, Chad. Um, a few people seem to know you here. What's what's going on? I you know I rent a few suits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so anyway, it is a warm place here, and Loonies, you must be ready to find out what um, books Chad has chosen. These are his honourable mentions, um, so they rank three and four um, in his top four books. And uh, what we do, we'll just go broadly through them, because it's just too damn hot here. And uh, before we, we get whisked off somewhere else to look in depth at his final two, top two books. But we can now reveal, if you have not been um, peeking into those encrypted links, uh, one of uh, Chad's uh, honourable mentions is none other than Spawn. Uh, this is by Image Comics. It is issue 66. Now, um, I'm sure, uh, Chad, you've read it. Connor, you've made yourself acquainted with this issue. I sure have. The first issue of Spawn I've ever read. Ah, interesting. Well, actually, it'd be great to ask, um, well, to, to see why Chad chose this, but then to ask what your thoughts are on your first Spawn. But, um, but Chad, yeah, take us through, uh, take us through a, a synopsis, I guess, a um, summary of what happens in this issue. Well, to really talk about this issue, you have to like know what happened in the past like three issues. Mm-hmm. So... Jason Wynn just, like, sent Spawn on this whole thing, and uh, basically he killed a lot of people, like Spawn does. 
and it was all basically to get his identity back. Al Simmons is wow. Hellspawn. He's like this disgusting walking corpse, but you know yeah. he's he came back to this world because he wanted to be back with his wife. Yeah, lots of problems arose because once again, Al Simmons is being led on by various forces. Well. In life, those forces tended to be, you know, military, you know, leaders, you know, like the Punisher, that type of thing. Yeah. Well, in unlife, now he's led on by forces like, you know, Malabolgia, the devil. God <laughs> is even in on it. <laughs> oh, gosh. You can't, can't get a break, can nah. you? Well, uh, yeah, so, and, um,. So we, it's it's generally also as well. We see him kind of come back to form by the end of it, right? Yeah. At this point in yeah. issue sixty six, he's recovered essentially what he has when he's wearing the suit. Like he's an actual body. He thinks that he has, you know, his face back, all that jazz. Well, he does, mm-hmm. but slowly and surely by the end of this. It's like he's decomposing in the sunlight. Like, the skin that he had in the previous issues, it's all just melting away. Oh, gosh. So, once again, Al is being turned into a monster against his will. And... But the real point of this issue is not so much him and what's going on, but the fact that Cogliostro, which is also known as Cog, um, in the mythos, that's also um, Cain. Like, right. the guy who invented murder and fratricide in yeah. one go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he kind of kind of makes uh, kind of makes Cain, Marco, look like a, you know, someone's, you know, Professor X's best friend. Yeah. But <laughs> he's talking to Twitch and his partner about trying to keep Al on the straight and narrow that Spawn needs them to get him back to his humanity. Which they're having to take into account because, well, they're cops. And they have to just let this guy mutilate these evil people. (laughs) Yes, a very very interesting uh, comic. And, uh, yeah, uh, I guess you are with this, if you don't know any um, knowledge prior... It is kind of jumping into the middle of something. Although, there, no, this issue, is, there's a lot there to actually give you a nice mm. taste of what Spawn is. Um, how did you find it, Connor? As a first-time yeah, Spawn reader. Uh, I've watched the, I watched the MTV cartoons. Mm-hmm. I know a bit about Spawn. Yeah. Yeah, this was, this was pretty interesting. It was a whole other look at Spawn as well that I haven't quite seen. This deep wallowing in darkness. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. I, I like the idea of um, the detectives. I thought the bit with the family was a lot more interesting. Yeah, um, yeah those um, those detectives have been there since the get go. I remember them from all the way in issue one. Um, um, and and Chad, I guess the big question is why did you choose um, this this issue? What? Uh, how was this issue important for you? If I was going to be stuck on a desert island for who knows how long, mm-hmm. it's gonna mess with my persona like that's just being there by yourself and i figure this would be a great type of uh i guess you could say vantage point to keep hold of that across how 
who knows how ah. long. That, uh, That's a, a very... Sorry? A strategic plan. Yeah, very thoughtful, actually. Yeah. yeah nice one. Um, yeah, great. I mean, look, I'm just looking at... The art is um, Tom McFarland. It's just really... Um, Oh, I like. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I'm a fan of Todd McFarlane. As the well. Todd Father. Um, the Todd Father. <laughs> uh, really, really nice. The inking is a lot different as well to his '90s stuff. Uh, it's actually, dare I say, even more, more detailed. Um, but yeah, this is. It's a real treat to kind of see it. And um, where is Spawn? Sorry, uh, where is he located? Where are we around in America here? Um, which city? It's supposed to be New York City. It's in a, oh, it is New York. They yeah. call it the Rat City. It's like the back alleys oh. and specifically like the dens where people have been like thrown and no one will take them. And yeah, yeah, because that's yeah, where sure. he like he stands vigil over like these people that are just cast out. Hmm. Because it, it's definitely again, it's kind of like a Gotham or a. Um, Say or a New York City um, vibe with say Daredevil. It's it's definitely like a, a spawn pocket. Um, you know, his his portion of the of the city. It's got a, a certain vibe to it. Um, I don't know if you you got, you gather that as well, Connor. It's um, you know dark and seedy and, and all that sort of stuff. It's, oh yeah, uh, really um, really cool. There's there's obviously no shortage of humor as well with with Al suiting up. Um, <laughs> And here, obviously, Chad, he because he makes he makes mention of this. So as you and as you said as well, he didn't know that his face was gone. Like, so he was he looking okay before? In the past two issues, he had a face. Past two issues, yeah. Like it was, you know, full. His nose was still there. The only thing was uh-huh. his eyes were still beaming with the necroplasm, that green sheen across them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, yep. whatever, I'll wear some shades. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he, as you see yeah. him here, he's like, got a nice suit on. Like, he's dressed yeah. to the hilt, and he's excited. He's going to be Al Simmons again. <laughs> no. Mm. Not, not at all. <laughs> and uh, the expressions of the way that Todd McFarlane draws, uh, just I guess the citizens of New York, is, is pretty pretty fun i think because uh, they're is this capullo drawing this issue let me read that oh capullo but it's very much Tom yeah McFarlane. it's uh hey. pencils uh, by greg capullo and oh, the ink it's spot. inks with uh todd mcfarlane and chance wolf um, wow like this is very like i was fooled this really looks like todd mcfarlane's drawings as well he must have his inking must just really have a, a heavy hand in it um I'm I'm familiar. I can't really. I know Capullo does a lot of, uh, you know, the Dark Knight stuff. Um, I can't remember what his art looks like, but this certainly looks like uh, McFarlane stuff. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, he's he, he done really well. Are, have you are you familiar with Capullo stuff, Connor or, or Chad? I'm sure if I pulled up his yeah, repertoire, he's... I'd be like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah okay, right. He's been to the new fifty-two. I've I really liked, and he's probably done some indie work that I've read. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Well, I just because I was just making comment of because um, it, it is consistent with Tom McFarlane's other art, which he pencils as well. Just with um, 
um, caricatures of, of people's faces and stuff. He usually does accentuate things here and there, whether they be the ears or the nose, or uh, and it just gives him a really, um, I don't know, almost comical, comical look, I guess. Um, if you look at even if you look at Twitch at the beginning, um, he's very comical. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so this is uh, any other um, thoughts on this one, Connor, or, or um, any other um, points, Chad, that you want to make about this issue that really um, makes it hold special for you? Do you still keep up with Spawn at the moment, Chad? I know it's still ongoing at like nearly three hundred. Yeah, it's uh, three hundred, I think three at this point. But oh, okay, so you're up to date? Uh, not up to date. I'm still stuck at like two hundred. But, okay. yeah, I just need to, like, sit down and actually get to it, you know? Yeah. And lay off Warframe. It's actually pretty... <laughs> yeah. It's actually pretty cool. Like, I wouldn't mind getting back into Spawn and just seeing what he's up to up against. Does he, um, in the 200 or so that you've read, does he interact with any other, like, Savage Dragon or anything like that? Uh, I'm, I'm almost sure that Savage Dragon was, like, around, like, think 120 okay. um, of course yeah. he used to interact with Angela all the time because yeah yeah until Marvel bought her well Marvel <laughs> didn't buy her because Image is like entirely no? based off of creator owned properties so if you go to a different right. like place different publisher you take that with you yeah oh so, okay guy who created Angela brought her to Marvel yeah Neil Gaiman I think it was Neil Gaiman oh I always thought Angela was sorry I go ahead. I always thought I always thought um sorry I always thought Todd McFarlane created Angela no. but no probably no okay and so so do, who did did you say who created her Neil Gaiman yeah. Neil Gaiman really mm. and they brought wow. her into okay. Marvel uh, saying that she was from heaven, it was another dimension, or, and yes, yeah. So that was an interesting turn. I'm... <laughs> Have I got this wrong? Is Angela meant to be related to Thor in any way? So basically, no. Angela is how Ragnarok depicted Hela. Okay, like that was almost entirely oh, really? her. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. And, uh, yeah, she's just, like, the older sister, and, you know, she kicks ass better than just about everyone, and that's where it is. But she came through not knowing anything about her past. So... Right, yeah. But she's good She's good now, though, isn't she? Like, isn't she in the Guardians uh, and stuff? She, she's relatively good. <laughs> I mean, she's not, like, on a path to kill a lot of people but you know people end up dead a lot around yeah. her <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't know why i'm so invested in her um you know in her moral behavior but um anyway just uh yeah okay okay cool um i forgot i forgot where we were um talking about uh what we were talking about earlier on um sorry chad you were talking about spawn with other characters uh, yes Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, because also image has changed as well, hasn't it? It used to be, when it started out, you have Cyberforce, Youngblood, uh, Pit, 
Spawn, Savage Dragon, uh, Shadow Hawk, all these titles, and I guess they were building a universe. Obviously, Image has changed now, where the focus is on um, creator-owned stuff, and um, the the draw cards are the writers, um, you know, and the artists themselves. So, uh, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Image, the Image Universe isn't really um, interconnected, is it? I mean, you're not going to have someone in Kill or Be Killed bumping into you know someone from saga is that that's right yeah 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 yeah. it's pretty it's they're all pretty independent so i guess yeah the the longer spawn goes like you know whatever he's up to now less likely that he'll bump into the likes of but we do have cyberforce back i know that i've seen that on and and youngblood is back isn't it i'm not sure that had yeah that had a series last year or the year before okay yeah, uh, I think, yeah, the year before last, maybe. Yeah, I don't know how that went. Um, but anyway. Yeah, okay, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, great issue. Well, obviously, we, we don't rate these things because these, um, these are Chad's uh, top four, so they'd be, like, full stars um, or crescent darts all round, I'm sure. Full moons, blue moons um, for you, Chad. Um, shall we move on to the next one, then? Uh, so... One of the other honourable mentions for Chad, and everyone will be happy. Standing ovation. <laughs> uh, we have Chad has chosen Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Um, this is by Greg Hoetz and Opeña. Uh, it's issue six that Chad has chosen. Uh, that is kind of like the roundup for the for the first arc. And uh, and again, Chad, um, how would you kind of summarise this in in a nutshell? Um, I think I'd summarize it by saying it's kind of like a, sort of like a tour de force on the resistance between Khonshu and like his trying to brainwash Mark and Mark just trying to shrug him off. Like even with how crazy and creepy Khonshu is, Mark's just always trying to stonewall. Yeah. Um, but as far as the story goes, it's Mark just kind of talking over drinks, summarizing how things have been going, and it kind of progresses into a little bit of crawly action, bump on the head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Just skateboard bonk. <laughs> but then it's also trying to track down you know, Bushmen in this warehouse, and you know, it's just like... You get a little bit of a hint from Crawley where he might be. He knows a guy who knows a hooker, etc. Yeah, typical yeah. Crawley. Yeah, exactly. But just, I really love the action sequence that yes. comes out. Just like, this is top of the line action. Like, it's just one giant duel in this warehouse between Bushman and Mooney. And it progresses into this very fiery finisher, and uh, just a couple of these frames are just classic. Just with Moon, yeah. Moon Knight jumping out of the water, taking Bushman down. It's just incredible work, and aside from all this, like it's super visceral. You step yeah. out of it, and it's just incredible, like the willpower between these two characters. Bushman is impaled with a gun 
know. <laughs> it is utterly brutal. And he goes ahead and reaches back and pulls the trigger. It's like, are you joking right now? <laughs> uh, I know, that's hilarious. I had to double-take and see what he was doing again. Yeah. Cause, uh, but it's like, he's got a, a muzzle coming out of him. And he just... That's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, just like... And then the fact that you know, throughout the previous issue, Kanchu's like around every corner mocking Mark, just like, hey, you need to like actually listen to me or this is just going to get worse. Yeah. Like, and that's just... Yeah, it was a good reminder of how how good Conchu was in this run. I almost forgot how important a party was, but he's really well done here. Yeah. Mm. Conchu's, yeah, very um, imposing in it. And, and I, apart from Conchu as well, I just... Bushman here. I mean, for me, like you, Chad, the action here just takes the cake for me. Um, it's just... Uh, you know, if you want a fight between Moon Knight and Bushman... You can you get it in this issue. It's it's really cool. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Like as things progressed, you know, Conchu mocks Mark all the time, just like, "Hey, you need to talk to me. You need to do my will. That's why you're here." And by the end of this melee, where you know, Mark is about to cut off Bushman's face again, and you know, almost like yeah. whimpering. Yeah, Bushman's like, yeah. Uh, don't take my face again. You wouldn't punch a guy with glasses, would you? <laughs> yeah. Like that type of yeah. remark. And yeah. you know, with the moon beaming over Mark, he just drops it. He lets Bushman go, essentially. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. No, in between, yeah. Huh? Sorry, but in between there, there's a huge, awesome splash page of Conchu. Exactly. Just- Fantastic. Even with the resistance of Mark, Khonshu is only bolstered by that. He is pissed. Mm. And he is towering over buildings. Smokestack is going up into his girdle. It's just crazy. It's crazy stuff. Crazy, right? It is. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I... um, There's so many facets to this as well. I mean, towards the end, as as you're describing this... We, then we also get to see, as an added incentive, a bit of the profile as well. He's in the masses, and he's he's struggling with his head because we know previously in the Houston run he finds Mark very hard to read. And he obviously has been... Well, you assume that he's been scoping Mark out, Moon Knight out, um, but he just can't get a hold onto him. Something to do with... I think we discussed this before, Chad and Connor, about um, supernatural beings being harder for the profile to to lock into um, so I, I believe he's definitely got the sense of that I completely agree and I think that essentially this massive towering Conchu on a different playing field like he senses and the static of it is just yes. like yes yeah dissonance between his like perceptions hmm <laughs> yeah so it's, very, very cool stuff yeah sorry yeah um, and then, uh, so uh, I mean, oh, before I, before we get into more into it, um, I just want to know as well. I mean, you have mentioned it, Chad. Why you chose it? Uh, any particular um, 
point as well similar to the spawn is it because uh, it does something for you if you are stuck on an island or is it because of the action and just the straight out story of it in this case it's the action it's mm. it's the payoff is right here yeah. it's really good stuff and there is deeper meaning but that's not what this one's about <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I mean, there are, uh, yeah, true. And there's uh, the moving parts here, and um, there's the teaser with the, the profile towards the end. Uh, he's decided to actually take this one step further, and you see him interspersed with Mark having a, a nice um, quality time with Marlene. Uh, we, see the, we see the profile, you know, full on asleep on the plane, <laughs> and he gets up again. But he's made his way to, to Egypt, and... Um, and again, you know, as a clincher for this, um, as a nice little carrot that's dangled, I love it at the end, he makes his way to the Temple of Khonshu, and uh, we discussed this a little bit before the show, Chad, uh, he's got no eyes in this. Um, did you see that as well, Connor? Uh, this is totally different from the Houston profile. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on with him mm. at first. I almost thought it was a different character, but then I was like, oh. Mm, whether he's, I don't know, he's a, he's a mutant, isn't he? Whether his mutation has, has changed him. But in, in any case, he finds himself at the foot of the statue of Khonshu and, and he says, um, beautifully done by artisan writer, like, now I see. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's a nice way to cap it off. And then you have next Deadpool. So, <laughs> um, you know, the Vengeance of the Moon Knight doesn't let up. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we also see um, Bushman uh, stuck at Ravencroft. He's, he's down back at Ravencroft. Um, beautifully drawn. One of my favourite panels is that low shot of Bushman um, saying Moon Knight's insane and he's in that um, cell. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the look on his face is, is really kind of forlorn, but the angle really just sells it for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, Crawley was fun. Any other things? Um, uh, Connor, that you you like to point out from this issue? Nah, I think we've covered it all, yeah. at least from my end. Excellent. Well, those were Chad's uh, three, uh, three and four um, uh, ranked books from his top four. So, guys, look, it is getting a wee bit hot here. I think I've sweated out, you know, liters of of sweat. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know about you, um, guys. It's probably time to go. Yeah. I'm pretty keen to get out of Hellfire. Completely agree. <laughs> it's not my favourite place to be. And, uh, and Chad, I, I noticed that you were speaking to... Uh, how do you pronounce his name again? Bolgia? The, the other name for the... Uh, Malabolgia, yeah. Malabolgia, yeah. So, yeah, you, you guys were, were shooting the breeze just then, I saw. Um, maybe he can help us uh, off to our next destination. But do I have to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get out of here. Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right, loonies, um, hang tight with us. Uh, we'll be right back with Chad's final two books. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Brian. And we are the hosts of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast apps for all your Ghost Rider needs. Right on.
Okay, welcome back, Looney listeners. Now, this is a lot better, isn't it, guys? Um, we've got scenery passing us by. Uh, we've got, you know, a hot cuppa. Um, we've got some other people around us, you know, other than, you know, Attila the Hun. It's it's really, it's a, <laughs> a lot better than, than hell. Um, how are you guys finding the accommodation here on this, uh, this train ride? I'm coming around. Yeah, it's just like we go from hell yeah. to the frozen wastes, you know. Yeah, it's it's a lot colder now. Uh, looks colder out there, and um, and Connor as well. You uh, you've um, you've got your train ticket, okay? Yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of trains. This one's uh, nicely heated for the winter environment. Sure is sure is nice to be climatized properly. Yeah, true. To the depths of hellfire, can <laughs> I say? Well, we've got a bit of a journey ahead of us, guys. So, um, luckily, we're situated in the caboose. So uh, we've got food and drink readily available, and uh, and we are heading towards. Um, s- sorry, Chad, you're going to have to help me with that name again. Where are we heading towards? Rosvekistan. Ro- Rosvekistan, of course. We are heading towards there, and that is why lo- there's a reason why loonies, and um, number two in Chad's uh, book uh, choices of top four books is the Winter Soldier. And uh, he's chosen this one is from I believe 2014, uh, and it is um, part two of the arc called the Bitter March. Now this was an absolute ripper, I thought. Um, uh, just before we get into Chad's thoughts and reasons uh, for this, uh, Connor, did you what did you make of this? Oh yeah, I loved it. I've, actually, this is um, I've just been going through Rubaker's. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier stuff for the first time last year. This is just brilliant. It looks great. It fits lovely into the canon. Yep. Just a, it's just a great fucking spy story. It is good. I, I know you... Um, I, I know you, you kind of like the Winter Soldier as well. I uh, I thought this was absolutely... This was a, a, a surprise for me. Um, so I'm going to have to go and read... back and read part one and, and the rest of the parts for this. But Chad, apart from um, Connor Shu and I fawning over this issue... Uh, why did you choose this issue as one of your top two? I have a lot of sympathy for Bucky and everything that he's gone through. Like his trials getting through being just like a guy who gets a few memories every once in a while to actually trying to function as a human is difficult. And Mm. the reason why I thought this would be good for being stuck on it desert island is you know it's like you're gonna go through a lot of horrible things it's kind of like you know going through the spawn issue it's like you're gonna have to deal with a lot of personal and you know external forces and you need to keep hold of that and going through this it's like you know bucky getting his flashbacks you know it's physically paining him and yeah by the end of this run it's just like If it wasn't for him having the tenacity to see it through, he would have fallen by the wayside. So it's just Mm. that survivability is admirable. Yeah. It's very cool. I mean, not having read much of the Winter Soldier stuff, this very much has the same vibe as um, the movie with with Bucky, um, Winter Soldier being this... This unstoppable force, which I thought was great. I, I really enjoyed um, the um, t- 
time spent on the other characters, like the uh, like the Shield agent. Ramshad. Uh, I'm just trying to look at his name. Yeah, he's he's good, and um, the people he was trying to, um, you know, I guess Shield from the Winter Sh- Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, no, it was really good. There was some really good um, moments of dialogue and stuff. Uh, really enjoyable. Uh, the art as well is uh, uh, off the charts. Sorry, oh, it's just off the charts. I'm it is, isn't it? This. It's like it's stylized, but it's uh, it's got this nice, um, yeah, it's just cool, cool looking art. I mean, the Winter Soldier looks kick ass in some of it, and I love it how he's got the red eyes. As it well reminds me of Rocket Raccoon. But yeah. <laughs> it does actually that's a good um, yeah that's actually I've never thought of that but now I can't unsee mm-hmm. that so. <laughs> yeah he's just so psychotic and crazed in this one it's such an intimidating thing to have him as a villain in this one mm. and speaking of villains man I'm really loving this uh, this pale looking the drain uh, the, the drain yeah um, don't know too much about him what, what does he end up doing Chad has he got some sort of weird power or something I'm not sure where it comes from but he uh, basically if you're within physical contact of him mm-hmm. he can essentially sap your willpower your okay. like will to live Wow. he can actually force people to just off themselves it's really grim Wow. Okay. and there's like no recovery until he's away from you oh wow a bit of a like he's a bit of a sickness, isn't he? It's uh, he, he does have that look. Yeah. I love, actually, I love his look. There's a really good panel here. It's uh, it's the one where they're kind of like five horizontal panels, and it's the second last one where he kind of shows his teeth. It's got a really unsettling look on his face there. Um, yeah. Actually, there's a couple of them. There's another one where he's got that big dude behind him with the uh, electric gloves, and again, you can see his. I don't know. It's because of the gums. It must be must be the gums that are doing it for me. But uh, he's showing his red gums against his really pale face. Um, pretty cool. Um, like, sorry? he kind of looks like David Bowie. Okay. But really sinister. Yeah. I was thinking Christopher Walken. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I can see the David Bowie, actually. Uh, yeah, he certainly does. I mean, when you, when you look like that, there's... There's no other option than to be evil, right? <laughs> that's pretty, um, pretty silly to say, but um, uh, it's funny. Evil or a spaceman? Evil or you got two options? <laughs> yeah, but no. This is a highly enjoyable, um, yeah, really enjoyable issue. Can I ask then, Chad, um, why part two as opposed to say the first part or, or the the finale for this, the bit of March? I like this. Because it's the beginning of uh, Bucky breaking through the Winter Soldier persona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, bit of tumble that Bucky has in the back alley. You know, he starts his assault on Ran Shen and the uh, two operatives who are being recovered. And uh, you know, Ran Shen is a very resourceful guy. He's got one crossbow bolt, and it's explosive. He puts it in Bucky's arm, and Winter Soldier, not knowing exactly what type of ordinance it was, you know, gets blown away. Yeah. And there's a down electrical wire that hits him and you know, puts him into some shock therapy. Yeah. And in his recovery time, 
while Ran Chen is covering the two operatives. Winter Soldier starts withering away. Mm. You know, Bucky starts breaking through and he remembers bits of pieces of, you know, Steve just you know, giving him, you know, encouragement in the training field. And it's just like, this is really crippling stuff. Like, I find it really emotional mm. that all the different times after this point that he starts remembering bits of training. Yeah. Like, the muscle memory starts kicking and it just fires synapses that were dead. And he gets these horrible memories that he has to now deal with. He's not just, you know, Hydra agent. Mm-hmm. He actually has a life that he has to deal with that schism between his personalities. Yeah, really, really, yeah, really thought-provoking stuff. It's, um, it's really... Are you, um... I was thinking, are you a big fan of Captain America, Chad? Yeah, like, do I you... love Captain America. Oh, okay, right. So, yeah, so you collect the comics and... and yeah, because this is... Because uh, it means so... What you just said, you know, it, it kind of really hits for you. Um, and it's it's very much to do with, with um, I guess, the association um, Bucky has with Cap America. So, um, yeah, just, I just wanted to know whether um, he uh, played a part in, in your... Um, you know, in your love for this issue and, and for Winter Soldier. Uh, but that makes sense, yeah. What would your favourite Cap runs be? Ooh, I think it would have to be the Ultimates. Oh, wow, okay, cool. I, I know not a lot of people are, like, completely on for the Ultimates because he had a few choice words that he shouldn't have said. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just... The capability physically and the persona that he didn't let up on. I, I like that nature about people. I like pragmatism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if your character can personify that, I'll cling to it a lot more than someone who's wishy-washy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Ultimates Cap, um, Connor? Connor shoot? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Ultimates in general, but I can definitely see the appeal, and it was very... Uh, Monumentous at the time, you know, mm-hmm. early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Influenced so much going forward. Yeah, yeah. Every time I like, we have little, you know. Every time we have talks about this, I just want to go <laughs> check out more of them. Like, uh, like Chad, you know, we just went through Spawn, um, getting pretty amped to to read more Spawn now. Like this, yeah, this bit of March was was fantastic. Dare I say, trade worthy. This this arc, at least. I don't know how it goes with subsequent arcs but really good stuff um, and yeah Captain America far out I want to read more of his stuff now like I'm already thinking of epic collections but um, there's this moment you're, so what you talked about um, Chad which was very interesting uh, there's that one yeah where, where he's got in the line um, in his sights um, those uh, scientists and the, the lady as well for let me get this right is the uh, alchemy formula or something is that it yeah um, yeah, the alchemy formula. Uh, but he obviously gets the flashbacks, as you mentioned, uh, and it's the as you as you said, it's kind of like the the training he's had, uh, and we get the glimpse of Captain America going. You know, in the field, you never shoot a man in the back when a soldier's running. That's surrender. He's lost the will to fight, and so this is coming coming back in in kind of waves to the Winter Soldier as he as he lies on uh, on his belly, um, thinking about shooting these um, three people that are running away. And uh, and Ran 
Shen uh, sees that. And um, I'm not sure whether he... What do you reckon, Chad? Does he pick up that the Winter Soldier is struggling with that? Or is it more that look more of a, oh, God, we, we, we've just escaped? Well, Ren Shen has heard of the Winter Soldier in the past. Okay. Or, you know, this MO, essentially, that he's like this silent force that no one ever survives. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, he's all of a sudden struggling to even yeah. get his bearings, that's right. not the MO of a hardened assassin. Okay, so he sees the chink in the armor, so to speak, of this, yeah. uh, of this myth of, of the Winter Soldier. Yeah, really, um, really cool stuff, uh, I find it. Um, again, uh, really, I, I, the, the fleshing out of the characters here is what really does it for me. And so you have this dynamic of, um, are, they meant to, are they meant to be husband and wife as well? They are, aren't they? Um, they are, yeah. but as the story progresses, uh, you know, some are more loyal than others. Yeah, well, this guy is an absolute... Asshole. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I, I just like the way he's written and played. I mean, like it's very drawn out that this guy is not a pleasant guy at all. Um, and his uh, his partner, or his wife. I'm just trying to find her name. Uh, Mila. She's less so. Sorry, Mila. Mila. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but she has um, some really really cool. Um, Discussions with with um, Ray Ray Chen, um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just a really really good characterization, I think. Um, and so yeah, and then so I'm looking. So we get the drain as well, um, and it kind of all culminates uh, with the Winter Soldier crashing in. Well, he kind of finally gets his bearings again, and he's obviously tracking them, and he crashes through on the train thankfully not this train because you know <laughs> I think we would have heard that we would have yeah exactly although I did see a very pasty looking guy in the other carriage I'm hoping that's not the drain but anyway um, yeah we see Witch Shoulder come in and uh, he attacks uh, Ray and uh, Ran Chen sorry so Ran is it it's Ran. Yeah. yeah a bit of a putting yourself there oh yes yeah, big action hero <laughs> that's it Oh yeah, damn. So I just yeah, just didn't so anyway, so Ranch is uh is fine. He seems pretty good as well. I mean I guess all shield agents are are pretty well uh well trained. But well, against a Windows yeah, sorry. Ranchen here, he actually has like a long history previous to this. Like he's oh, done okay. tons of different assignments that you can actually read about different oh, like awesome. Marvel postings it's pretty intense. Oh um, wow, I'd be I'd be keen because he seems like a very capable character. He doesn't seem like a throwaway at all. So no. it, it's interesting to, it's illuminating to hear that um, he actually has got more appearances in comics. He really could follow. Um, but he obviously he's up against a Winter Soldier, and um, so he ends up you know um, at the other end of a, of a blade, not not being stuck by it, but um, about to. Uh, but then uh, we have. You know the Hydra goons arriving, and this big fella. Um, what happens after this, uh, Chad? You know, no spoilers because it's 2014. But um, who was this big dude? Was he just a big hunk of hunk of junk? So his title that he, I think, gives himself because it's not very imaginative, and 
whatnot. <laughs> uh, he calls himself Shocky Dan. Like, ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. That's something he's made himself, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he basically comes in, tries to, you know, screw things up, really working with Winter Soldier, and uh, essentially it boils down into a melee. Shocky Dan is taken out. And, uh, well, there's a bit where Ran Shen gets those Shocky Dan gloves on. Oh, cool. There's a lot of blood at the end of it. Um, oh. No spoilers, but... Okay. You know, there's... Actually, good, because, yeah, I can't read it. But um, but there's what, sorry? <laughs> there's... <laughs> so the tip of your tongue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Fury is in the next few issues. Woohoo! Um, uh, junior? Senior? Senior. Senior, ah, cool. Yeah. Um, he comes in, does a bit of work. Uh, Winter Soldier starts getting hit by the drain at one point. Mm-hmm. So, you get to see that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a David, David Bowie song to try to be witty, but nothing's coming to me. <laughs> yeah, um... Cool, a nice one. Are you collecting any current Winter Soldier? Like, oh, yeah. There's one with... Yeah? How are you finding that? New series is great. Is it? Yeah. Okay. That's with Rod Reyes, our, our friend of the show, Rod Reyes. Um, the art's good. Who's writing it? Is it... Uh, I'm actually... Carl Higgins. Who was it? Sorry. Carl Higgins. Carl Higgins, okay. All right. He's done a lot of fun Nightwing stuff. And... Ah, yeah. Nice one. And how would you compare, um, Chad, um, the current run with how Winter Soldier's being handled or portrayed with, with obviously, the Bitter March, which um, has a place in your, um, in your heart? Well, it's a really different feel for the character of Bucky, Winter Soldier, like, completely, because in the new series that's out, He's sort of a mentor character. He's trying to save yeah. people. Okay. Meanwhile, here he's like this, you know, brazen assassin. You know, he can just like let loose, and he just takes people out. Yeah. So that that part of it is very much, I guess, done and dusted, isn't it? Like he's now out in the open. Um, people know him. He's no longer a, a, a myth or an unstoppable force. He uh, he's he's regained his. Um, uh, control of himself, I guess. Yeah. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, okay. He's over here. His own man. His own man, yeah. Because over here, it's uh, similar to the movies, isn't it? Is it? Like, he's, he's like brainwashed and is he triggered by words and stuff in this run? Not that I've seen. If they do okay. implement that, it's not shown yet. Okay. But he's controlled, though, isn't he? Like, he's, you know, he. Or is he just really being like a. A brainwashed um, good soldier for someone. He's being a good soldier for someone. Like that's the yeah, okay. thing about the bitter march. Like I was saying, yeah. it's like anytime he starts to get hints of who he was, the schism, yeah. like his personality, just like sets in, and yeah, he's got to yeah. deal with that. Okay. Um, yeah. So with the Winter Soldier, he was found on the ice with zero memories. So they just rewrote new memories for him. And whenever he seems to, you know, trying to find an old piece of himself, they just strap him back, yes. um, yep. back in the machine and just ride it away. Yep. Yeah. 
Oh, is that what you're saying in the movie or in the books? Ah, oh, in the yeah. books. Yeah, because that, that's pretty much in the movies as well. Yeah. You know how they strap him and they um, he's starting to get a bit of his memory back. Um, then, God, who was it in The Winter Soldier? Um, uh, Robert Redford. Um, oh, Alex uh, P- Pierce. Alex Pierce, yeah. He, uh, he puts him back in the chair and they just zap him to make him compliant again. So, yeah, okay, that seems very accurate to... You know, to each other, the book and the films. So, cool. Um, yeah, any anything else here, Connor, Shu, or Chad, that you'd like to raise about this issue? I mean, we can't lord it enough. It is a very, uh, if you loonies, it really is a must read. And I dare I say the whole bit of March arc. Um, but yeah, very very good read here by Remender. Um, but anything else, uh, Chad, that you want maybe want to raise for this? Um, the sub, like the uh, almost. Uh almost like subtitles they're like little paraphrasings of what's going on on each issue they're all pretty amusing like this one number two was spies on a train and then the next one is the spy who punched me (laughs) it's just it's amusing stuff it's like Uh, as serious as it gets it's like obvious callbacks to different bits of media yeah, it's a bit, it's got a bit of bit of quirkiness about it. So, yeah, yeah, nice. Well, um, how about we go to your number one pick now? Okay. Now this is a heavyweight, uh, and the one of the most important books in history. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I told Chad earlier this is the first time I've actually read it. Um, it's very good, and it is Batman can say that uh the dark knight returns by frank miller um, with klaus jensen and lynn varley so this is book one that chad you have chosen as your top book um a very again a very astute choice i think um chad because it is uh, larger than a normal issue which is good but it still falls under our criteria as a single issue um very iconic cover here with batman um guess jumping down um in the foreground is a shadow with a, a bolt of lightning in the background um, a lot of covers have paid homage to this as well uh but yeah first off i guess chad we will have to ask why did you choose uh this i mean it is a great book uh, asking as in um yeah why what it means to you in this case with yeah this book and it is a book it's not an issue. It's like a full set of pages. It's binding, all that jazz. Um, this is really set apart for me because there's a lot of introspection towards the character of Batman. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where to really start with this because there's a lot of things that it hits on over the course of these pages. Like, as far as like the curse of the Batman on himself and the correlation with Two-Face it's just like mm-hmm. no matter how many times you try and get away from what you've been in the past it's like when you identify yourself as an idea it's stuck in your gray matter until you can actually get rid of the gray matter you're gonna mm-hmm. go to sleep with it Yeah, it's just really intense stuff it is um, a bit of old school uh, storytelling 
here uh, where Frank Miller, not afraid obviously to populate uh, with some, some dialogue and narrative, um, which is good. A very, uh, and the panel layouts were the first thing I thought which were um, quite noticeable as well. Uh, very structured uh, and um, size-wise, I guess, a lot smaller, right? So, I mean, um, I found it quite interesting um, to read. To read, um, yeah, Connishu, any any thoughts on your first impressions for this? Do, uh, when when was the last time you read it, or when did you first read it, actually? Oh, yeah, when I first got back into comics some years ago, yeah. but I probably haven't read it since then. The animated movie adaptation is pretty good as well. I watched that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before that as well. Yeah. Um, What's you know what's to say about this that hasn't already been said? Um, you know, yeah. Frank Miller kind of went off the rails, yeah. very much. But you know, this is like <laughs> the height of his career. You know, it's still one of the most important comics, and it's just, it's such a, you know, and you know, it really is the first time we've looked at Batman this way. It's such a, you know, such a focus on his ideals and his existence, and you know, Claire's genius just brings, especially with the action here. You know, as he's, you know, so much more brutal and having to work himself so much more and that like wonderful introspective you know on Batman facing his own death and having to come to terms with being back mm. wonderful it's um, also as well I'm not sure but it seems to be early enough it probably would have been the first uh, type of story to tell like an old man kind of setting I mean we see it now a lot with Marvel with old man Logan Old Man Hawkeye, Old Man Quill. Um, we've seen it in the DC um, with Injustice. They're a bit older, um, but this would ha- would have to be the original, right? The first time you actually see a hero way past his prime, and um, and him struggling with with the identity, like who he is and what has made him him. You know, Batman. Um, and as you mentioned, Chad, his struggle with that and, and this gnawing thing inside of him uh, that he just has to... It's gnawing itch that he just has to scratch, basically. Um, very, very interesting. And, and the other thing with this, it takes it, obviously, further with you see the other villains um, kind of progress. So with Two-Face, uh, he is, like, fixed, but, you know, for all intents and purposes. But we see later that that's not really the case. Um, and also there are um, allusions here to uh, to the Joker as well. Um, very interesting stuff to see, you know, like a little peek into the future. So, uh, yeah, quite, quite enjoyable, um, I, I thought. Um, uh, Chad, what... Um, I guess, so what, what was the main um, part of this story, I think, that, that kind of made it quite memorable for you I mean I'm again looking through here there's a retelling of Batman's origin which I'm sure isn't isn't the reason <laughs> I mean there's plenty re- retellings of that uh, is it the two-faced thing then it's kind of important yeah it keeps with the you know kind of the ideals that I was going with with some of the other comics it's like being able to mm-hmm, fight mm-hmm. through everything and you know, yeah in his case you know no matter what's going on around him I honestly see Two Face as like more of an Iron Will than even Batman here, mm. because even though he's been fixed according to you know the doctors, you know his face is 
you know, matching. It's chiral, mm-hmm. all that jazz. Um, he doesn't see it that way. And you know, he can be fixed, he can be you know, re-educated or you know, assessed by another psychologist. Some new therapy can come out, but like Two-Face will always see himself as Two-Face. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those points. It's interesting, though, because they, they do say that he has, has been rehabilitated, but obviously physically it's a success with the, um, the plastic surgeon, but this rehabilitation with his um, psychos- psychosis, uh, obviously not as successful as they probably hoped because there uh, still some uh, very much lingering demons in that closet there. Um, one of the main big things I really love here, and, and I think it's a real kick-ass moment, is the return of Batman, like the costumed Batman. Um, it's so well drawn out here by uh, Frank Miller. Um, you see just the you know various criminals in Gotham um, kind of assaulted out of nowhere by by you know someone in the dark, and it's such a big build-up. I thought um, it works really well, and, and it's got the the bolt of lightning at the back, and you finally see it when um, it's almost a splash page. Well, it is a splash page um, of Batman um, swooping down, and it's just a really nice moment. I thought, and and the beauty of him being a caped crusader and masked is that uh, he still looks exactly the same. You know, he looks timeless because you only really got like the mouth area um, exposed. Um, to show if he's aged or not um, and this, the descriptions of him kind of like, you know, I used to not make a sound when I creep up on criminals, now he's kind of a little older, a little tighter um, he's not as um, you know adept in um, in his kind of ninja ninja skills um, but yeah, I, I think it was the build up to the final reveal of Batman in costume was, was really good for me how about yourself, Chad? Like you were saying, he's not as, uh, you know, one with the shadows as he used to be. But, you know, mm. he goes on to say, this should be agony. I should be a massive, aching yes. muscle, broken, spent, unable to move. Yeah. But... I like how, um, I like how Kikasi is as well. He goes, oh, um, I'm not as good as I was before. I actually have to use my legs now to climb this rope. And I'm thinking, buddy, if I had to climb a rope, I'd need all my bloody limbs to, right. to, to just get up a few meters. But uh, obviously, that's um, you know not as it's not as good as he used to do it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I really love that description. It really does sell the story that he's an older, tighter, but no less lethal um, protector of Gotham. Yeah. And yeah, um, I was sorry? about to say goes on to go on about the uh, you know he's no longer a man of thirty or of twenty again. It's just like yeah. how many years yeah. has it been? I know <laughs> he's definitely no longer a man of thirty or twenty or forty or fifty. <laughs> he's coming to his eightieth year this year. Um, so yeah, um, really, really cool stuff. Now, what can you tell us about? the the mutants um, they they come up every now and again as this new wave of crime and they they cast away these notions that they're just street hoodlums there's something else um, having been familiar with the rest of the arc here Chad um, 
how do they play a part in this whole scheme of things? Well, once again, it's like another fresh wave of, you know, organized crime, because that's what Gotham has delved into, is, you know, instead of the usual, you know, the end is nigh type of billboards and signage, uh, you can see people on the street say, we are damned. And they're, like, actively wailing in horror. That's what it's turned into. It's like, no, the end is already upon them, and that's the mutants. Like, that's what they've done to everyone. It's like, they'll assault people in arcades, behind, you know, closed doors anywhere they can find them. And essentially, the ringleader of the mutants essentially calls out, you know, Bruce Wayne and Batman. And they have a little bit of a tussle, and Batman comes out victorious, and he pretty much regains his, uh, uh, what's the right term? (sighs) He regains a piece of himself. He's back to being vengeance, Mm -hmm. you know, all that jazz. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's also, with this, um, you can see a lot of uh, borrowed material... Um, for the films I guess they they take a lot from this obviously being such a classic um, so one of the things I immediately identified with is that um, that young Bruce um, falling in that hole or or discovering the Batcave and uh, that's very much you very much see that in I believe it's Batman Begins right with with Christian Bale Um, that's lifted straight off that so uh, obviously this issue or this, this arc or you know, tale um, is, is very intrinsic to to Batman lore uh, and testament to to Frank Miller's uh, writing prowess. I mean, geez, the guy we're talking about he, him hitting sorry the heights in here. Uh, he totally smashed it out of the park. I thought with um, with Daredevil like, years before with it. I mean, he was honing his craft then, wasn't he? Of um, trying to get this kind of rugged, um, grounded, street level superhero. Story telling, um, and he certainly kind of brought the best bits of Daredevil, um, of what he learned from there into The Dark Knight Returns. I would actually say that his run with Daredevil was just as good as this book. Oh, yeah, I love it, I think it's great, and yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, but I guess, um, uh, what do you say, popular popular opinion wise I guess I guess The Dark Knight Returns is is really seen as as Connor mentioned like you know one of the classics now but um, I would agree with you as well it's very strongly written um, Daredevil uh, Frank Miller he knew yeah exactly what type of city he wanted to portray New York as um, it's really about building that sense isn't it I mean him building that that feeling of the city um, so very very much does it with Gotham here uh, and the people around it. Yeah. I think that would be uh, oh, yeah. really important to note that in this retelling of Bruce falling into the Batcave, it's actually mm-hmm. a rabbit hole. Like, and yeah, then that rabbit, opens yeah. into the Batcave. I think that's an important thing to note because it's also kind of like, you know, falling down the rabbit hole for Alice. Rabbit hole, yeah, very cool. Actually, that is, very, yeah, I didn't make that association, but that um, that is very cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What was it in the movie? It was just a just a bit of 
It was just a hole, wasn't it? Was um, it a well? I don't think they actually adopted this part into the movie, um, but he's kind of, like, when it comes to turning into the Batman again, he's uh, mm-hmm. staring at, you know, the usual, like, rainy evening, and a bat crashes through... No, I'm wrong here. Um, he goes back down to the Batcave and has, like, kind of a... Uh, confessional to the darkness and a giant bat comes out at him yeah. and he's like reuniting yeah. that part of himself yeah, yeah for sure um, Connor, Connor Shu, any thoughts on The Dark Knight Returns? no, no, more from me yeah. we covered it covered this mammoth issue yeah, no it's a very interesting read and again something again have to put on my um, to-do list as well but uh, Chad, very a very strong choice for an Isla Ra pick. Um, before we kind of wrap things up, Chad, you did mention online um, we wanted to um, pay tribute to these issues being dedicated to people. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So the Spawn issue, um, it was dedicated to Mary... Oh, I wrote it down. Um, Mary... I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but it was the uh, inspiration for uh, Granny Blake in the series, which is yeah. Wanda's grandmother. Ah, right. And she's a persistent character throughout the series, and it's kind of important to note that. But also, uh, William Youngkoops for mm-hmm. this, The Dark Knight Returns, uh, he wrote Savage Tales and a few other things and uh, he died when he was 30 he was just getting oh, into cool. comics oh, and yeah. this is actually dedicated to him so that's huge yeah yeah for sure no I, I definitely have to um, to shout that out so um, no absolutely absolutely well um, Chad just like to say thank you so much for sharing your your top four books with us. Um, it's been very great set, enlightening. Sorry, Connor. No, just a great set of yeah, four. great and a fantastic set. So thank you so much for sharing, Chad. Um, uh, very disparate, disparate, but um, as you've mentioned, um, there there is a common thread that runs through them. Um, and uh, yes, this struggle of man um, or the individual uh, against odds uh, really does show itself in all four books. Um, so yeah, big thanks to you. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are stuck on this train. We've still got a way to go. I think I see... Is it Shocky Dan? <laughs> going down uh, down the aisle. So, um, before we go, uh, Konishu, um where can loonies find us? They can find us at a bunch of marvellous places, not including this train, because we'll be <laughs> hopefully off here soon. Uh, we're uh, Gmail at... Uh, uh, itkmoonnightgmail.com mm-hmm. uh, and then our Facebook is facebook.com slash itkmoonnight we're into the night podcast dot uh, wordpress.com all our new episodes uh, updates and newsletters are on both of those as well as our links to the other great podcasts in the collective uh, we're on twitter at itkmoonnight um if you search into the night or itkmoonnight itkpodcast you hope we find us on youtube mm-hmm. 
Instagram, Tumblr, podcast catches, and our fantastic group, Where We Met Chat. It's facebook.com slash groups slash itkmoonup. Yes. And a big, a big thanks again to... The power of Chad. Chad. He is um, really, he's, he's been a really great loony uh, member in the community and uh, it's just so so great to finally get to hear his uh, his top four books and get to know you a bit more, Chad, as well. So, um, loonies, just uh, drop us a line or drop a line into the ITK community. Say hello to Chad. Uh, it's all good. Um, and if you have any questions about the issues, um, Chad's your man. Um, a big thanks once again, Chad. Look, uh, we have to probably get out of here before Shocky Dan starts shaking all of our hands um uh we'll uh, we'll see you next time loonies um thank you for listening to the isla ra sessions and we'll have another one um next time we have another waning gibbous so um as we always say may country watch over the denizens of the night catch you later Bye. Moonlight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.